You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors' sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Duncan. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOSB, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams and all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOSB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. time in a long time but it seems like just yesterday when we were side by side beast mode no one's blocking our way <laughs> these other guys tried it but them man ain't got the skills of brazen and davy brazen and raging bringing you the thrills and spills right here in full gear about to blow up like tnt us man are too sweet brady dvp the bd elite right here in full gear about to blow up like tnt us man are too sweet brady dvp the bd elite Hello, 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 Davey Portman here from Up Next for BD Elite, twitch.tv slash upnextpodcast, youtube.com slash upnext, and wherever you find your podcasts. But I am not here alone today to talk all about this three-year anniversary show of AEW and the third-year anniversary of BD Elite. Uh, Brayden couldn't be, couldn't be fucked today. He didn't want to celebrate three years. He's not a birthday guy. But I did enlist someone today, and he came all the way over from Australia just for this very show. It is Mr. Dickie Bird. G'day, mate. How are you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm, you know, celebrating like uh, three years of 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 a show that I feel like maybe. I want to go back and 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 start watching from from like from the first one. from the first episode again. Yeah, that might be kind of cool because I don't know. Maybe I'm not a hundred percent fully invested as I was at the start, but I think that's fair to say. And I think there's been a lot going on um, in the last since since brawl out uh, with mm-hmm. with that press conference. Even before that, with stuff with Kingston and Sammy. And all these reports today, which I'm sure you've heard of by now, mm-hmm. uh, TMZ reporting uh, about another backstage fight between <laughs> Sammy Guevara and Andrade. Um, Andrade being sent home, his match being pulled from uh, from Rampage this week against 10. Mm-hmm. Um, however, Sammy main eventing this show and getting the pin. Um, yeah, uh, a lot of going on there. Um, we've been... Following the the kind of Twitter beef, what is it? Andrade put in an interview that 
um, Sammy was being a little bitch because he was complaining about being hit too hard. And Andrade was like, this is wrestling. Mm. And, and then Sammy taking exception to that and putting out some tweets saying that calling Andrade a jobber and he's only there because of who his father-in-law is. And obviously Andrade not taking too kindly to that either. So what do we do? We'll put them in the, the same arena together and, and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. Tony Khan is a kind of weird dude because he, he, he's, he promotes this kind of activity backstage. But then is like, you know, surprised when any of this happens. Mm. Of course this is going to happen. But uh, yeah, I guess the other one that, uh, that made me laugh as well was um, <laughs> Sammy tweeting to Andrade that he should go back to the WWE where all his friends are or something like that. Right. You know, and I'm thinking like, it's not the best time to be tweeting shit like that. I think there's a few people in that backstage locker room who, who want to do that. But uh but yeah, um, I mean, at this rate, I guess TK should like I don't know, put put like hidden cameras everywhere and like try and catch one of these brawls in the wild and sell it on pay per view or something. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's just getting it, it's it's a lot of fun to follow. Like, don't get me wrong, I love a bit of drama, uh, but it's just getting a bit embarrassing, and it doesn't make this company look very good. And um, it's especially when it's taken the attention away from the product that's in ring and and it just feels every week we're kind of talking about something going on and the the show is suffering because of it i think it's this kind of big cloud that's hanging over uh you're doing your uh your first big toronto show next week which uh, i think we were all kind of anticipating would be some sort of like big deal when it comes here and you've got your top canadian star kenny omega who is sat at home right now got the young bucks sat at home right now probably andrade sat at home right now obviously cm punk sat at home right now and it just it feels we've had the last few weeks just random people brought in we've had your juice robinsons you had brian cage come in today after over a year's absence if you're not including that battle royal which i'm trying to just erase from my mind from Mm -hmm. from grand slam it just feels a bit chaotic and i think the storytelling this year hasn't been great um matches have we've had some fine and great matches in AEW. it's the wrestlers are there the talents there but yeah it's the third anniversary this arena when you consider they were at the what capital one center mm-hmm. for the debut um smaller arena i think uh you you had to look at how many were sold on Wrestle ticks. Uh, 3,000 were distributed as about four hours before the show started, yeah. Which is kind of sad, I think, for a big anniversary show. And this looked and sounded like it today. The whole top bowl was empty. It was very, like, dark lighting, trying not to catch this crowd. It just looked a little sad, I thought. Yeah, I mean, what a difference three years makes. And I kind of, like... You know, I I don't know, because I hate shitting on something, but I sort of... I don't know like i gave it it's three years i think even john Cena, like i used to like get pissy at him because he would say stuff that um i thought was a bit unfair for a company that's just kind of like starting mm. or whatever and he's like so how long until like that it's justifiable yeah and i said well i would probably say three years because that's when at least the initial um 
contracts, like talent contracts were signed for like three, some of them have an option for four and all that sort of stuff. So that's when you could start sort of start seeing like Tony hopefully like going, okay, we're moving on from you. We're, you know, because a lot of the talk was initially was complaints about the roster size. Mm. Remember those days? Yeah. Remember that was when the <laughs> biggest problem was, you know, sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I've gotten to this point now where I'm kind of like, all right, look, this time last year, I was like the biggest AW mark. Mm. And I did a watch along with you guys for uh, Extreme Rules. You guys weren't even there. It was me, Eric, and Dan, um, who we actually met up um, and <laughs> relived those memories. And it was an awful, awful show. And we just had All Out from last year. And with uh Danielson and CM Punk's first match in seven years and Adam Cole comes out and stuff and it's just like I'm on that watch along as well losing my mind all that sort of mm. stuff what a difference a year makes yeah you know I'm I'm here traveling from Australia and I could have gone to Extreme Rules it's like the day before I have to start leaving to, to go home um Obviously, back when I was planning things, that was like, what, four months ago or yeah. something? What a difference four months makes. Yeah, you'd have been like, like, absolutely not. Yeah, I'm not going to that. That's right. And then they announced the, the Canadian Toronto one, and I was like, damn it, I, I, I have to go home. You know, I can't make it for that one. Um, whereas now, like, ever since then, and a lot of it is this backstage, unprofessional, embarrassing type of thing... I don't know. I'm just kind of like, A, I don't even know who's going to be on these shows because mm. the people that I wanted to, some of the people that I wanted to come see at Grand Slam got suspended. Yeah. I guess. I, injuries are injuries. It happens. You can't blame anyone for that. But, I mean, if you're literally saying you can't keep your locker room under control and thus cannot even give us any type of guarantee of the people that might be on these cards because of that, mm. that's bad. That's really bad. But, you know, card subject change and all that sort of stuff. Um, so, yeah, I'm not going to Extreme Rules, but I am going to the GCW show. So. Gotcha. Yeah, it just, there needs to be some changes. Tony Khan definitely needs to put his foot down. Uh, I think he said today that uh, the, the press scrums are still going to happen going forward. Don't know how good of an idea that is, but... Um, yeah, I think some, uh, definitely changes need to be made backstage and things need to be tightened up and, and also just maybe, maybe Tony's got too much on his plate. I feel, uh, I've kind of said this before that he's, he's talked in the past about how he had his notebooks and he'd have his fantasy like e-feds growing up and had all these things planned, uh, from a kid. Maybe it was about two two years worth of stuff and now he's like got to come up with new stuff maybe writers aren't a bad idea you know you've just had wwe employee uh, director of what long-term storytelling maybe something like that someone overseeing um because there are, are some matches that happened today which were fine and actually some matches that i think with a bit of hype i'd have been more into but you're just thrown a graphic sometimes hours days before and why do I care? There's generally no reason for a lot of the stuff that, that we watch. And uh, that that is what bothers me the most. I mean, you've got a, a live rampage this, this Friday and a battle of the belts. And because you're doing it all live, you're also going to go head-to-head with the second hour of SmackDown, 
So I don't know. Maybe this week was the week to, you know, tighten it up. And I mean, <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> yeah, I mean, skipping ahead, like they announce, as you said, it's a live rampage and and Battle of the Belts. It's not it's not taped kind of after normally. It's just like now on mm. Wednesday. Yeah, they've announced a, in my opinion, a Wednesday after Dynamite dark taping of Rampage. You know, you've got Private Party and Rouge versus. Uh, the Blackpool Combat Club, Sky Blue and Madison Rain versus Ty and Anna J, Death Triangle versus Dark Order, which is the impl- replacement for the Andrade versus Ten match, Neeson Woods versus Varsity Blondes. That's Rampage. And then on Battle of the Belts, you've got Jade versus Willow Nightingale, FTR versus Gates of Anarchy, and Pac versus Trent Beretta. No disrespect, there's some fine talent there, but that isn't a show that's going to make me buy a ticket for that Friday night show. It's it's so weird and it's been what he's done with these Battle of the Belt shows. Like what what is what is the purpose What's of the them? point of it? I mean the point is that I guess they the titles will be defended, but mm. I mean like and again, no disrespect to Trent Beretta, but like why? Why? Why is I, I just that? don't understand. Like uh yeah, so I don't know, man. Like and like this Rampage show uh, next week in Toronto, like we don't know anything for that. It's uh, this Toronto show that that Dynamite sold out so quickly, so quickly, and there were all these tickets left for Rampage. Where you think I like I've thought in the past when like in the UK when Raw and SmackDown are in town, oh I didn't get tickets for Raw, but I'll go to SmackDown instead. There's people people see through it. They know what Rampage is, and they don't want to pay that money for a a second taping. I, I felt like, obviously, you don't have your Kennys, but both nights should have been announced a while ago. You look at the ticket sales. Oh, we need to give Rampage a boost for next Thursday. Announcing matches next Wednesday for the next day isn't going to be enough to make people buy tickets. You want to get it out there sooner. And I could, I guess you can understand if it was, again, the usual format, taped after dynamite for sure because you've already got people in the building mm. and, and all that sort of stuff but if they're going to do more of these live independent or you know like standalone or a bunch of something else like a battle of the belts they're going to keep doing stuff like this yeah i don't know um i don't know it's just uh, just me thinking about like how many times people have said that um, I think Dynamite might need to be three hours because they jam so much mm. into it. We've got a third hour and it's shit. Yeah. <laughs> so do we need a third hour? Because it might just be filled with crap, you know? Yeah, and and I feel like there's no point in producing... Sure, it's not in a great time slot. It's a Friday night. A lot of people are out on Fridays. Uh, Friday at 10. Cool. But then if you're just going to treat it as, as a throwaway, why even have it? Like, wouldn't you rather... You missed a hell of a match last night with where the story moved forwards, and it's on you. Well, you can catch it. up Saturday morning this or whatever. Because you, you, you typically don't watch Rampage. You'll be like working or something. Yeah. Most on Friday nights, right? I don't think I've ever heard you talk about how you've got to go back and like watch an episode I mean, or something. Punk's debut. I guess, um, yes. The, the first time when they did uh, Omega versus Christian. Sure. Some pretty big. That's, that's, that's it. Pretty big stuff. That's though. it. It was the first two weeks of Rampage, yeah. <laughs> um, where I would finish my shift at yeah. work and come back and watch it at three in the morning. Because I think no way I'm doing that for Trent versus Pack, which that, I'm sure will be a, a good match. But 
that's the their biggest challenge right now. It's not ratings. It's not don't you know what I mean? Like don't worry about the ratings necessarily because the ratings are a byproduct of people losing interest. Mm. And you actually it takes a very long time to turn that around. You know, I mean, it wasn't too long ago that Raw was doing, I don't know, four and a half million and that was the end of the world apparently. Mm. And ratings wise, they seem to have done a bit of an uptick, but like if you lose people, you, you, you lose them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Tony Khan just seems to be set in his ways. Like, this is the way I want to do things and, and I'm not going to, to change. And that's probably why we saw Sammy in the main event, you know, winning because that's possibly that's how it was booked to be. And he was on the show and, but it like, you could have had anyone. You could have had Matt Menard. You could have had Jake Hager. Like, if he, it's one precedent for Andrade, and it's it seems very odd. And it definitely, I don't know. Sammy's got in a few of these scuffles now. The common denominator. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll see what happens next week mm. on AEW, sorry, Ring of Honor. Wait, what show was it tonight? <laughs> it felt like Ring of Honor, for sure. Um, well, yeah, let's let's do a bit of housekeeping before we get into the, the show. Firstly, uh, I kind of just assumed everyone know who you are, but uh, this is Dickie Bird. He's, he's been responsible for a lot of the lovely graphics and videos you've seen on both uh, Up Next and Post Wrestling, and is just a, a good friend of the Up Next universe. So thank you for, for stepping in. Braden's enjoying some concert tonight, I believe. Um, just pointed at me and said, you're doing the show. Yeah, pretty much. Fucked off. <laughs> pretty much. Um, so you've been, uh, over for a few weeks. We went to Grand Slam in, in New York and have been enjoying time here. Uh, but yeah, it is this big Toronto show next week, uh, AW Dynamite next Wednesday, and we've got a lot planned for you. So to start with Braden and I, with a bunch of, uh, your up next friends, we've got John Ceno, we've got Brandon from New Jersey, B Detroit. Ginger Ninja Dan, the whole the whole crew are going to be around uh, by the arena. Probably going to be at local or Brazen Head Bar having some drinks. So check out our socials. Come and join us before the show. But the main event takes place after Dynamite, where you should come and join us at Sneaky D's on College Street. Uh, it's for 19 up. So unfortunately, if you're under 19, you can't come. Uh, but it's going to be a hell of a wrestling party there upstairs at Sneaks. We're going to have wrestling karaoke. We're going to have wrestling prizes given to us by our friends from the handshaking team. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a bunch of wrestling-themed drinks, like our brand-new Poison Rana cocktail, and just get a hangout with some wrestling fans, have some nachos. It should be a good fun time, and there's absolutely no cover. So just make sure you bring your ID and come and join us at Sneaks after Dynamite next week. Unfortunately, I won't be there, which is very upsetting because I went to Cheap Shots before yes. Slam with you guys and best decision ever was just sort of loosened up a bit and just, just had fun. I could only imagine what it would be like to hang out with you guys after Grand Slam. Yeah, it's, it's going to be wild. Yeah. yeah. The, the, pre will be, the pre will be nice and tame. We'll get nicely lubricated for the show. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the, the main event is really afterwards. Wednesday night, 11 p.m. at Sneaky D's till close. Well, very good. Enjoy anyone who goes there. I highly recommend it. But I will be back in, Australia, in Australia that day. I'm, I'm 
Will it be? It'll be tomorrow. It'll be Thursday, won't it, for you? It will be Thursday. Time yeah. how it works, man. I <laughs> spent the last couple of years like really understanding like what time it here is here in Australia and what time is it in like North America, sort of thing. And uh, as soon as I got over here, I couldn't do it backwards. So right. I have zero idea. Like, before on the couch, I was like, oh, my mum texted me before. I should text back. Oh, it's quite late. I'm like, it's quite late here. It is 10 o'clock in the morning over there. Yeah. Oh, I should know time. that. But I should know this. Yeah. And I'm just sitting there just being like, ah. Uh, You've adjusted. You've I adjusted to the, I've the an North asshole, American Like, all yeah. you guys yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. Is it three o'clock in the morning? It's like, yeah, it is. Well, also, you just slept at random times anyway as well. So how this, is, this is true. And even when, since I've been here, I think I've been mostly on the Australian time yep. zone anyway, thanks to, to you and, and Braden. I'm sorry. Ah. Uh, well, as we mentioned yesterday, things have slightly changed at the Patreon. You can now sign up any day and you will only be charged 30 days from then. So you don't have to sign up at the first of the month. But it is the beginning of the month, and it is the best time to sign up, because we've just announced a hot new schedule for October. Uh, we've kicked things off with an episode of Was Next, looking at the November 6th, 2013 edition of NXT, headlined by uh, Luke Harper versus Cassius Ono. And we're, we're just coming up to the anniversary of uh, Luke Harper, Brody Lee's final match, as mentioned on Dynamite Tonight. Uh, we just recorded a great show with Karen Peterson looking at the best matches from Io Shirai in stardom. Uh, we recorded this, Braden and I, earlier today with Karen. Really fun show. Look at the Patreon and the Facebook group because we put up the links to all these matches. Uh, definite uh, hidden gems if you haven't really uh, dived into the whole stardom world. Some really great matches there. Uh, Io versus Mako Satomura, Io versus Kairi, Io versus um, Iwatani, some really good stuff there. So go and check that out. That'll be dropping this weekend. Along with our review of Hocus Pocus 2, the long-awaited sequel uh, to the to the Witches film with Sarah Jessica Parker, Bette Midler. Um, this was a lot of fun to talk about Um yeah, camp as a robes tense, like uh, a whole lot of fun. This one. Are you intending on watching this one, Dicky? Uh, I, yeah, I, I am. Yeah, no, I love the the first one. Um, and I was like, oh great, it comes out like on my birthday. I have had zero time to do anything <laughs> like, of leisure here. Really, I've watched a few baseball games, I suppose. But uh, on my list of things, when I get when I get home. Yeah. We've got some other movie reviews coming up as well with an Up Yours with Howie Nishi. We'll be going back to Karate Kid Part 3 uh, as I think Cobra Kai Season 5 has just uh, finished on Netflix. Uh, we've been going through every Karate Kid film with Howie. But then we get super spooky with our Halloween Havoc 97 review in time for Halloween Havoc 2022 with NXT. We've got The Omen coming out where we have a special guest, Bash Ortega from the Horror Press is going to be joining us to talk all about the classic 1976 uh, demon, devil, son film, The Omen, and then rounding things off at the end of the month with a review of Jurassic Park and our Halloween tradition reviewing Halloween. Mm. This year we're at Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers. A lot of stuff there to look forward to. So patreon.com slash up next, only five bucks for the month. So I don't, I don't, I don't watch the Halloween films. But like, what's the deal? Like, you you review one once a year, and then what happens when they end? 
they're never going to win. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this is the one that at the moment called Halloween Ends. Halloween Ends yeah. has just come out. Okay. So we've got. So that's not the end. So we've got five. We're on five this year. Yeah. Then it goes six. Then it goes H two O. Then it goes Resurrection. Okay. Uh, then it goes the two Rob Zombie films, right. I believe. Okay. And then it's Halloween. Halloween kills Halloween ends. So there's 13. So, be so we've, we've got eight okay. years. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we might be onto other things by then. And right? they would have made more movies by then. For sure, 100%. 100%. <laughs> uh, so yes, all of that to look forward to. Uh, but I think now it's probably time to get into some AEW Dynamite. It's the third anniversary show. And we're kicking things off with MJF in his first match. And I think they said 125 days mm-hmm. since he got power bombed repeatedly by Wardlow. Gotcha. Yeah. Right. Okay. Sure. Uh, taking on Wheeler Utah. Uh huh. Yeah. This is a match, uh, been set up over the last few weeks and, uh, Wheeler Utah kind of coming out with all that fire in Philly last week, setting up this match. Um, they've done a lot on Twitter to kind of promote this and promoting their history together and how they've, they've fought each other and kind of grown up to in the wrestling world together, uh, for all these years. So pretty cool to see it on national TV. Uh, MJF takes Yuta down with a series of arm drags and does his, his like strut. And then Yuta replies with some arm drags of his own and mocks MJF with his strut. Um, there's a lot of MJF just posing, soaking in this crowd. He rakes the back of Yuta. There's a gut wrench suplex from MJF for a two. And then Yuta comes back with a series of Germans, goes up the top, and MJF just rolls out the way. Uh, MJF comes back with a double stomp to Yuta's arm. Uh, Yuta goes for a, a Rana, but gets caught in a powerbomb across the knee. Powerbomb backbreaker there from MJF. Uh, Yuta hits an Enziguri. And now both guys are rolling around the ring with pin attempts. And it goes to the jackknife onto MJF, who bridges up. MJF then goes for a tombstone, but this gets countered by Yuta, who goes for a tombstone of his own. But MJF counters it back, but that gets countered into a victory roll from Utah for a really uh, close near fall. Uh, MJF rolls that back and this time crosses the ankles of Utah to get a two count. And then MJF goes up top for an avalanche tombstone, but Utah starts, well, it is National Scissoring Day, scissoring his legs to get out of this hold and then rakes the eyes of MJF, starts biting his forehead, hits the runner off the top, followed by a tope suicida, and then Yuta climbs the top as MJF rolls halfway across the ring and gives Yuta the finger, and Yuta thinks, fuck it, I'm going to jump anyway, leaps three quarters of the way across the ring for this splash, which was really impressive, but then MJF catches Yuta with the salt of the earth, the Fujiwara armbar, and starts cranking back on the arm to get the submission win. I was surprised that this match went on first, but then I kind of think about it, I'm like, it's pretty smart, because they did a very good job. Mm. You know, I, I thought, you mentioned how many days since MJF wrestled. I actually thought this was the first match Wheeler Yuta has wrestled in a long time that's made him feel like Wheeler Yuta. Mm. It, uh, I don't know what it was, but when he... Um, when he went to Best of the Super Juniors mm. in Japan earlier in the year, like I'd kinda, I kind of felt like he looked a little... Like he got a little exposed. Right. You know? He, there were some people... And I don't know whether it was like he was just trying to like 
take it easier. He didn't want to hurt anyone because he's like, for the first time ever, you know, wrestling for New Japan and all this sort of stuff. I have no idea. But he looked a little soft in there against some Japanese guys who are just like hard killing everyone. And since then, and also like since the, the, the John Moxley stuff, like he, he's needed something like this. I think this match. Um, and, uh, and I think he's like the perfect person that MJF can be clean as a fiddle as well. Like that was the other thing. There was, there was no dynamite ring bullshit. Yeah. This sort of stuff. Very much trying to, um, build him. It's actually kind of similar what happened in the women's match as well, where if you want to build somebody, doesn't matter if they're a good guy or a bad guy, you know, just let them go in and get an impressive, no cheating, no bullshit win, mm. you know, and I'm glad they went this route with um, with MJF here when they knew they had that dynamite ring and always rely on that sort of thing. So uh, overall, I thought this was, I actually thought this was a great match. It kind of took me a while to kind of get into it, but they, they knew what they were doing and... Um, and yeah, it's it's one of those things like I didn't know that they really had history of it. Did they wrestle in MLW or something? I don't know, but No, I think just the independence and okay. stuff, yeah. Alright. Um They're both northeast, aren't they? Sure. Like New York well, and Philly. Yeah, I guess, yeah. So so I didn't know they had history, but after watching this, you know, obviously believe it because they they put on a hell of a match. Yeah, I really enjoyed this match. I, I love this kind of style. I'm I'm a big fan of MJF um MJF's wrestling. I kind of know what you mean about Utah. I feel he kind of had those matches with Danielson and Mox. And then once he, once he got into the combat club, it's kind of been, well, he's now back. He's already made almost, and he's a bit of a background player. And I liked his match with Garcia they had in Buffalo. Uh, but yeah, this, this was good. And I, I want to see, um, I, I hope we could see more of Utah with, uh, giving him the opportunity to promo a bit more and put him more in singles rather than the, the tags with the rest of BCC. Uh, but that wasn't it. After the match, uh, Yuda turns MJF around and kind of shoves him and offers his hand. He was like, that was a, a good match. You didn't bullshit. Shake my hand. Shake my hand. And MJF looks like, ah, oh, should I do it? Shouldn't I? Mm-hmm. And we're thinking he's going to do the classic, put his hand out and then like comb his hair or yeah. give him the finger Kick or whatever. And it looks like MJF's going to shake his hand when Lee Moriarty attacks Yuda from behind mm-hmm. and MJF is pissed. He's saying, I didn't tell you to do that. And that's when Stokely Hathaway gets on the apron, eating an apple and hands MJF his diamond ring as, uh, as Yuta is being held back by Moriarty. And you think, Maybe MJF's going to do it. He looks conflicted about the whole thing. When Regal stands up from commentary, puts <laughs> on his brass knucks and walks down to the ring. And, well, MJF thinks otherwise. But a bit of maybe a, a slight tease of a babyface MJF here. Yeah, yeah. It's just weird because I, before all the punk stuff that happened or whatever, I'm like, you can do this. You can bring him back as a baby face mm. to feud with punk and, and kind of naturally the crowd's going to, the, the crowd might actually turn in quite an organic way. Obviously the stuff with punk happened and they had that great moment where he comes out 
pretending to and with the with the Bills shirt on yeah. and stuff. Um, and then you write that shirt, yeah, yeah. And then obviously does the ah, fuck all of you kind of thing. All right, which I thought was the right thing to do because it was kind of like, look, that story is gone. Mm. You need to get back to you know sort of thing. so. MJF back to me and healing it. But then I'm watching this and I'm like, I don't know if this is going to work, guys. Like, I don't think... Like, A, turning him babyface is very, very risky. Because he's so good at being a heel, right? Mm. You know, are you going to get the same amount of mileage out of him if he's if he's a babyface? I'd say it's not worth trying if he's still hot as a heel. It's like... It's it you know it is like turning Stone Cold into a heel and you know in the height of his mm. popularity it's just like why do you do it I, I tend to find it's better when it's um, especially heel to babyface but it's better when you know someone's like slowing down or like merch sales or popularity and it freshens freshens them up I don't know if I'd stay away from a I find it weird because I think he does have that baby face popularity already. And I think people are enjoying him just as a character full stop right now. And there's, it's still, since he's been away for a while, a bit of a honeymoon period again for him. I just feel you've, you've already done the fake out not too long ago. You've just put the firm together, what, two weeks ago. It's, it's really early to be teasing some sort of tension between them. And I, I actually liked at that Buffalo show how you, you could kind of see how a babyface uh, MJF works and that still do the insults. It was like, oh, you're all fat slobs, but you're my fat slobs. You know, that kind <laughs> of the thing. the crowd goes wild. Exactly. So I think there is a way to make it work. I think he'll be a, a huge babyface one day. I just don't know if this was the time for it. You're, you're building, he's doing the whole, I'm the sneaky money in the bank heel at the moment so i don't think it's the right time to tease maybe having thoughts of shaking a guy's hand after a match and certainly the firm is has hardly been established yet i don't they it's not like they've had any real matches together to establish them yet so i i thought it was a bit puzzling and first of many handshakes or not handshakes on this show man did, did I miss something? Has, has Was this AEW and ROH presents Dynamite today? Is it- well, I guess, I think what they were... Were they just, if it's any kind of ROH wrestler? Because so U- Utah is your... This. No, Utah's not a no, ROH champion, not. is he? That, that, so there was nothing to do with ROH with this match. Absolutely no reason. And even the TNT title match, like... It, okay, fine, you can say it's because Brian Cage is a Ring of Honor wrestler, but... I don't know if that's ever really been explained. That we, yeah, we've not had the Code process. of Honor really. It, we've seen it with the ROH matches in AEW, but with the ROH title, where the title is on the line, sort of thing. But yeah, I mean, yeah. But I, I got I got Utah's intention here because they they do have that history, and it was a hell of a match. Sure. So and it it fits his character go to go for it. But it was the the fact that MJF even entertained it. I was like, nah. Um. We then go backstage to uh, the JAS. I was going to call them in a circle. Uh, Matt Martell saying that uh, Garcia, after everything we've been through together, you want to stick uh, stick it in our faces and team with Danielson, and then you take this hat that we gifted you and you threw it on the ground 
And then Jake Hager, who's wearing the hat, goes, I like this hat, which, which I like Jake. I think when you use him for just one line like this, he's pretty funny uh, and looked ridiculous in this purple bucket hat. Mm-hmm. Jericho says that Garcia's like a petulant child who will stick his fingers in the light socket even when told not to. And we taught him everything he knows uh, in sports entertainment. And Shivani's like, you mean cheating? And he says, well, you say tomato, I say tomato. And Sammy starts to talk and we hear for the first time heavy boos from this crowd who have clearly been uh, reading their TMZ today. And Jericho then says next week he will continue to desecrate the Ring of Honor legacy and be still the Ring of Honor, sorry, Ring of Jericho champion. Mm. Do you find it interesting that that stuff leaked to TMZ first before anyone else? It's usually not not how things go. No. And especially, like, (laughs) AEW. Yeah. Like, I could see a big... I mean, you don't hear about backstage rules in WWE. But I could imagine if something like that had happened, a TMZ would be covering it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And AEW, I just expect Sean Rossap, really. It's either that or TMZ have invested in just, like, following... AW around where they go because they know there's some there's shit going on there's shit gonna yeah. happen yeah. anyway we go to our next match Jay Lethal taking on Darby Allen uh, Jay Lethal has said that he didn't want Sanjay Dutt and Satnam Singh in his uh, corner Why? tonight don't know okay pride um, oh so he has pride does he and yeah I guess so <laughs> Excalibur notes that Bobby Cruz is still recovering from last week's Judas Effect shot Again, don't know why he's saying it in this match, because this is just a, <laughs> just an AEW match and has nothing to do with Jericho. Wait, hold on. This was... Yeah, okay. It's, okay, it's I see and... Jay Lethal and I think ROH. Maybe that's it. Maybe, I guess. Um, it starts... There were some quite nice uh, wrestling at the start with some standard switches, uh, both just matching each other move for move. Darby hits his... A beautiful like floating springboard arm drag and there's a bit of a stalemate there and Darby kind of offers his hand <laughs> and Lethal doesn't shake it there uh, again I don't, he's like oh good good we wrestled well there uh, Lethal then starts to attack the knee uh, Darby hits a scorpion death drop and then there's a dragon screw off the top rope from Lethal and he applies the figure four uh, Darby eventually manages to get on his stomach uh, goes up the top to hit the stun dog, but Lethal kind of pushes him off. He lands on his feet. Uh, Lethal goes for the lethal injection, but Darby blocks it by kind of ducking and barrel rolling Lethal over his back, which I thought looked quite nice. And then Darby hits the code red for a two count. And this is when Sanjay Dutt and Satnam Singh come out. And you see Lethal is like, wait, no, I didn't want you here. Go back, go back. Why? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Darby's distracted and gets knocked off the turnbuckle. Uh, Then Darby, uh, when Lethal's sending them to the back, uh, Darby hits a Rana for a pin attempt on Lethal. Uh, There's pin attempts going back and forth. And then Darby locks in the last supper to trap Lethal and pin him here. And uh, after the match, Darby goes to shake his hand and Lethal looks all confused. I don't know. What do I do with this hand? Do I shake it? Oh, and he's he's looking at his boys at the back and they're like, don't you shake that hand? Don't you shake that hand? And Jay Lethal shakes the hand. What the fuck? <laughs> like, I... 
We ju- it was the same thing. Yeah, it was. It was and a kind of similar style match as the first with the the pins back and forth and yeah. not again not a bad match. I, I don't really get why this was on here. I don't get the sudden uh, lethal trying to go out there on his own. Well, this is this is a babyface turn? So I don't know what happened. Like I'd love to know if there was like just some fucking screw up where like they were gonna do this handshake spot and then. Someone said, no, I don't want to do that. And so they're like, oh, we'll, we'll give it to Darby and, and, and Jay Lethal for no reason. And then, they, and then they changed their minds back and went, oh, no, we are going to do that. And then two, two people came and, you know, two, two matches had that exact same thing. But, like, but also it makes sense for the MJF and, and you to think. Yeah. There's something that you can make some sense. Like when I said why. You at least were able to say, well, you know, Northeast Wrestling and all that sort of stuff. But these guys? No idea. And he, did, did I, we watched a little bit of Rampage on Friday before, before we went out, but I don't know. Was there something? This was set up on Dynamite last week. Oh, it was? In just uh, one of those random video packages where Sanjay oh, yeah. is just talking at the screen. Sure. But, but like. The, the split up. But then, this, I I have yeah. no idea where this potential split up's coming from, and then also, like, I okay, I'm not a fan of these guys. They they're pretty much turn off the TV for me. Yeah, but I don't really see who it serves splitting them either. It's certainly like Sanam Singh's not ready to be on his own. It's true, and so I don't see an act of Sanjay Dutt with just Sanam Singh really working. Mm. So to take Lethal away from the group, kind of, why? Well, so weren't we getting Wardlow versus Satnam Singh? Weren't we, like, really going towards that? Did that already happen? No, no it, it, it became Lethal. But, uh, yeah, but even then, like... I, and I completely understood why, but I guess, yeah... I just, think that's... It. I think <laughs> I think, I think he's just to, not ready, and no, they're no. like, okay, let's, let's not go with that. He can go sit somewhere with Mel. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah, remember her. Yeah, imagine being hired for a job and being like, "All right, but you, you're going to need to shave all your hair off." <laughs> okay, I'll do it. Uh, actually, we're dropping that angle now. <laughs> Sorry, what the fuck? Yeah, uh, you can be on our YouTube show sometimes. Uh, actually, just go home. <laughs> we're done with you. Can I grow my hair back? Uh, no, no, just in case we we need you for something. Please keep it shaved. Yeah, yeah. We go backstage to Prince Nana with the. Brian Cage and the Gates of Agony. Uh, this is the Embassy, apparently. They're back. The, the Embassy, yeah, yeah. They're back, yeah. The, okay. They're back. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I'm just trying to remember. It's not a comeback, it's an arrival. The, the, yes, because Brian for Cage. Some people, some people who've been watching AEW have never seen Brian Cage yep. before. So they say that uh, they're going for all the titles. Cage is going to go for the TNT title. The Gates of Agony are coming for the tag titles. Uh, Brian Cage says it's not a comeback, but an arrival. He calls himself a Wolverine and says, who better than Cage? Still nobody. I actually thought we've we've shat on Cage's promos a lot before. This was kind of like pre-taped and edited, but I thought he sounded a lot better than I remember him in the past. I've never had a problem with his promos and stuff. I, I Yeah. I, th- I thought he and I thought he sounded great and looked great. He's obviously had a lot of time to spend at the gym, so Yeah. No, uh, yeah, I, I thought you sounded good here. He looks well. And that takes us to our TNT Championship match, Wardlow taking on Brian Cage. Now, this is something where 
I'm this sounds cool. Like I, I'm a fan of both guys. Big lads wrestling, a bit of a hoss fight. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian Cage has been off TV for so long. Yep. If you don't watch the ROH pay-per-views, which I would imagine a lot don't. A lot don't, no. You, the only thing you'd have seen was blinking. you miss him at Grand Slam in the Battle Royal. Mm. Why couldn't we have set this up? Why couldn't we have had a big Brian Cage return? Like, at the end of one of Wardlow's matches... Like a beat down, a squaring off. I think this was what, just in a graphic yesterday came up and you're like, oh, yeah, Brian Cage is back. Yeah. Bizarre, because I, I was actually kind of, oh, that sounds kind of cool. But you've completely told me that not even giving a return for Brian Cage, that he's no, no one to care about. I, yeah. Uh, no, I completely agree. I also, I, I, I remember... Because I don't want to be one of these people that like recites like dirt sheets and stuff. But I feel like he's done an interview. Brian Cage has done an interview and has said that Tony told him the reason that he's not booked on any shows is because he doesn't want him to be beaten. <laughs> so he doesn't want him to go up against Wardlow and stuff because then he would have to eat the pin. So I was like, uh, well, hey, like. I don't know, man. Like, I don't really give a shit when people lose. Like, it doesn't doesn't matter to me. But okay, fine, understood. And what happens here? He just comes back, no story, no build, no nothing, and just loses to Wardlow. I can imagine, uh, like, the bar I work at being like, "Hey, hey, boss, why haven't I got any shifts this week? You're just too good at your job. You're just too good. I couldn't possibly have you work." And show everyone up. Like, what the fuck? Just, it's fictional. It's all good. You can lose a match. And and, and people have to lose matches. Yeah. So, like, it's like he's being booked as a main eventer who is never in the main event of a show that he is never on. Mm. And it's like, what? Whatever, man. But here he is. So, this is definitely Big Lads Wrestling. There's some spears in the corner from Cage. Uh, Wardlow comes back with his shoulder tackles, but neither guy has gone down yet. Real hoss fight. And then Wardlow hits a Hurricane Rana onto Cage, which is really impressive for his size. But Cage decides not to be outdone, hits a Hurricane Rana of his own, then goes for the 619 and gets caught by Wardlow in the world's strongest slam. After the commercial, Wardlow hits like a, was it a swanton off the top to a standing cage? Look. Swan on the standing cage. I wouldn't be yep. able to tell you, to be honest. I, to be honest, I actually mixed up these two guys. Okay. A lot of the times when I was wrestling, I'm like, oh, well. Starts delivering these German suplexes uh, over the head, belly to belly. Cage then suplexes Wardlow from the apron to the ring, uh, which we've seen him do on smaller guys, but on the guy's size of Wardlow, very impressive. Hits the F5 for a two count, and then Cage goes for a powerbomb of his own, but Wardlow gets out, headbutts him twice, Follows up by a huge lariat and then hits the powerbomb to Cage. Hits him a second time, a third time and a fourth time. And Wardlow retains his title in a pretty fun hoss fight here. Um, after the match, Wardlow picks up Brian Cage and he offers him 
his hand and Cage looks conflicted and he's looking to the back at the, the gates of agony and, and Prince Nana and he doesn't know whether to shake his hand or not and then and he, he shakes his hand. <laughs> that may or may not have happened. <laughs> I don't think it did. Uh, um, but, but for the first bit when you started saying like I, you know, it was like, yeah, that did happen, didn't it? Yeah, look, I thought it was. I thought it was a good match. Like I, th- I thought it was good. I, I like a bit of reasons as to why things happen, so that that does take it down for me. So could you have just imagined if there was a story behind this? Because it was a great meaty man slapping meat. Yeah. But nah, just chuck him in, whatever, and never to be remembered again. Yeah. Yeah. Even on the, what was it? War Joe and against Woods and Nice was that a week or so ago on Rampage? Have him come out then. At the end of the match to challenge. Again, give Rampage a reason. What happened? Oh, Gage came back. Like, well, okay. They, yeah, well, they, they are back on Rampage. Yeah. Uh, Josh Woods and Tony Nitz. Yeah, well, they are, yeah. They Don't are. know why, but yeah. they are. Uh, no, I, I, I actually thought this might have been uh, Wardlow's best uh, title defense. I thought this was really entertaining, uh, like you uh, would have liked more of a reason. But after the match, the Gates of Agony. Uh, yeah, I've, I've not made these guys up. There's... That's a team. For someone like yourself who doesn't watch like Rampage and probably not even like Battle of the Belts and then not really, I guess, any of the ROH pay-per-views and stuff like that. Like I know you cherry pick mm. and stuff like that and something good. Like, yeah, you would just be like, who the fuck are these? Who the fuck are these guys? I saw these on a Rampage in, I think it was Rochester. Yeah. And, oh, it was, it, it killed the crowd. What crowd was left for it? But yeah, so they're beating down, um, beating down Wardlow, and that's when Samoa Joe comes out for the save. But they're still outnumbered, and then FTR's music hits to a, a great pop there as they come and clear house. So uh, I guess we'll be getting some multi-man coming up, which I feel FTR are going to get booked for a, a wrestling match mm. on television. Yeah, so they announced that at Battle of the Belts, it's going to be FTR defending the ROH titles okay. against the Gates of Agony. Okay. Yeah. That's not what I meant, and probably not what they meant when they said, book, no. book me, book Tony. Me. But yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, they'll be on at 11.30 on Friday night. Against yeah. who? Gates of Agony. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. The Embassy. Are they part of the Gates I of think, Agony? I think <laughs> they're the gates to the Embassy. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, and it hurts. It's Agony. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and just having Wardlow, I don't get why right now we're having Wardlow in a team with Joe when both are singles champions. And I feel yeah. there was a time when we had a lot of tag teams in this company. I don't feel we need to be making... No, they they don't. Like for, Initially, I thought it was kind of like what New Japan sort of does um, between like big title defenses. They still have the champions out, but it's always multi-man tags and stuff like that. Yeah. So that's some... Poor bastard has to take the pinfall and, mm. and they don't, sort of thing. They're both champions, so that doesn't really help. Nope. Um, and if that's the case, then they shouldn't be teaming at all. Guess Joe is your <laughs> TV champion, right? The, so they both got the TV The, the belts. champion of the show that we just watched, because that was a Ring of Honor show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we see Britt Baker earlier today. Uh, She's saying that she feels morally obligated to answer the question everyone's been asking. Soraya will not be wrestling in AEW. The doctors have not medically cleared her. 
So let's make it my house now. And as the segment ends, Excalibur ends it by saying, I don't know who these doctors are. So still we're like, well, sorry, is she? <laughs> I, yeah. Is she cleared? So I said, so what did we say when we said this? That was kind of like, they're just... They're hedging their bets. You said hedging their bets. I said that it's going to lead to her like making it clear that she's cleared to wrestle yeah. at the end of this match kind of thing. So we did get one of those things, but initially it's kind of strange. Mm. Like why, why? And I guess the third option was just Tony being petty and like wanting to like, cause it's the one thing that you didn't even discuss on the show because it happened after last week's dynamite is Paige went on quite the tear on, 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 uh, on Twitter as well as Tony as well, I guess, in, re- in regards to it and stuff. But yeah, just in, just in terms of, I mean, just look up Waiting, Waiting's Twitter yeah. and, just, oh, he, and have he a look at nailed that it. specifically. But then it's more on top of that. It's, it's, I'm sorry, is she, what's her role? Because it seems like she's the champion of this company, but she's, kind of, she's not a wrestler. Yeah. You know? Um, so yeah, anyway, uh, it, it left us very confused, this promo by, by Brett. Just... It, it, does, it did feel like as well when Tony Khan is always trying to like answer all the criticism they've had that last week. So it's like, let's throw Brit out there. But oh, oh, this does have a payoff later. So yeah, exactly. it, it, it is storyline. But I think at this point where there's a bit of bad will uh, with this array of thing, it felt an odd choice to, to kind of do this. Um, I, th- I feel like maybe AEW should just have like national like no tweeting month just let tnt and tbs twitters like help promote just just chill guys read a book yeah yeah i think do you know what i think i think that it trickles down from the top Mm. you lead by example yeah why do you think everyone's getting into all these like nasty little things because they see their boss doing it. New Year's Eve last year, Big Swole wasn't good enough. Yeah. You know, that was from the boss. Yeah. Yeah. And and if you see your boss do stuff like that, you think it's okay for you to do it as well. Mm. You know, and I'm not saying it's going to be without fault or, or, or accidents, whatever. Sammy's still a dickhead, so he's still <laughs> going to be a dickhead. And things did happen over in WWE, but remember, Vince was never on Twitter... Yeah. Like it's screaming at people and trying to like, you know, tweet at David Bix's fan as to why, you know, Wardlow's having this match or something or, or, or whatever it may be. So, so that's why I think that it, it really is just Tony needs to stop. I agree. We go to our next match. It's a six woman tag. That- Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sports book is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOSB, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams and all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOSB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 
21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Right here in your neighborhood. Here's a little tale about hard-to-recycle plastics. Their destinies were changed. Their new lives are fantastic. What once was trash can live on as new things. With a program that complements your regular recycling. Cause plastics can be so much more. Give this trash the second chance it was hoping hard-to-recycle plastics can be so much more. Participate in the Hefty Energy Bag program happening in your neighborhood today. Team of Jamie Hayder, Penelope Ford, and Serena Deeb taking on Willow Nightingale, Athena, and Tony Storm, led out by Soraya. Uh, again, another big, big reaction for Jamie Hayder here. Jamie Hayder was the star, even though they weren't supposed to do it like that, but that's what happened. So I, and again, noticed in these walkouts, you've got the, the heel team, which is made up of the, the wrestlers, the heel wrestlers. And then once they've all come out, then Reba, Rebel, mm-hmm. whatever her name is, and Brit, then kind of come out. Babyface side? Big entrance for Soraya. Soraya. Not even on this team. Don't even know why she's here. But she gets the front and center, first person out, her own entrance, and uh, and then the geeks come out afterwards, yeah. you know? So, again... The geeks with uh, someone running to take off uh, Athena's backpack during the entrance before yeah. we cut to, uh, like, Tony's entrance. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, actually, I thought this match was quite fun. Uh, Loved it. Penelope goes for a Rana, and Athena lands on her feet and does her kind of thumb na 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 thing uh which she should stop uh mm-hmm. penelope then goes for a uh like her handspring back elbow in the corner tony comes in with her running hip attack in the corner uh serena comes in and also i noticed the the heel side especially uh jamie obviously but serena was getting a lot of deep chance here they seemed a lot more over than these these baby faces um which considering that both athena and tony and Soraya are like kind of big names from WWE. I thought it was interesting that it was Serena and Jamie getting mm-hmm. uh, all the cheers here. And I think that goes back to kind of last week's segment. Said mm-hmm. They're not treated like stars. They seem a bit like geeks. Uh, Serena uh, has some sort of leg submission to Storm as she, yes, she's got the legs trapped and then does the suplex to Athena at the same time, kind of snapping the legs. Nightingale then comes in with some clotheslines and a spine buster for a two. And this is where, on the outside, Rebel grabs the crutch. But Soraya pulls it off of her. She's all fired up. She throws it on the ground. Uh, back in the ring, there's Willow who catches, uh, I think it's, was it Deeb with the inside cradle? And then hits the pounce, uh, which looked great. Followed by a spear from Deeb. And then Penelope does this back arch, like a Matrix escape. And then leaps up from this back arch into a cutter, which looked pretty cool. And then goes for a handspring, but Willow drop kicks her to the stomach and delivers the Doctor Bomb on Penelope Ford for the one, two, three. I I, I thought it was great, you know. And, and this is one of those cases where I think if you do trios, you can kind of put a combination of people together mm. because it's typically not, you know, except for like the the 
higher ranked teams. There's no ranking system anymore. Apart from them, you don't really have that many trios sort of thing. Mm. So you can make it a good guy versus bad guy. Hey, I need some partners for this match. You want to just team yeah. up with me? And that's okay, you know. But but I you know I I thought any any problems with this match. I like I thought uh, Paige Soraya was kind of my whole issue with what happened last week and throughout the week and stuff like that. That would have been my only issue with it because the match itself I thought was pretty good. Like I mean, probably one of the better women's matches on AEW Dynamite for quite some time. Yeah, I thought it was really fun doing doing the six six women style. It, it means. There's never really a dead point in the match. It's just constant flow and movement. I, I actually thought uh, Penelope Ford's improved quite a lot. I thought she showed some quite impressive stuff here. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes someone like her is maybe better suited in a tag or these kind of situations because what I've always found with her, it's the kind of stuff in between the moves where it's it's you get a little lost or it doesn't have that flow. Whereas come in, do some cool cartwheels and handsprings and that matrix escape and then get out of there i thought i thought she looked great um jamie they just they need to strike this iron while it's hot otherwise they risk i'm worried it i'm but i'm worried because they were about to right she didn't even (laughs) and she didn't seem featured in this match like it was no the, the finish was willow getting the big win and a and a title shot at battle of the belts um so Jamie didn't seem too featured either, but I, th- I thought this was a pretty entertaining match here. Uh, after the match, uh, Soraya gets in the ring to celebrate with the baby faces. She's raising their hands uh, when Britt Baker gets into Soraya's face and tries to shake her hand and Soraya's looking all conflict. No. Um, Soraya then answers maybe what we've been asking. She smacks Britt in the face Brit smacks her back. They start brawling. Everyone's brawling. And then it's left with Rebel in the middle of the ring and Soraya kicks her in the face. And I think it was Tony said something like, oh, well, not much ring rust there. So it felt like this was hammering at home. Soraya's cleared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, building to Brit versus Soraya, which I think will be great and good thing to do Like while... You've got your champion stories going on, hopefully. Yeah. Um, I don't think this needs the title. I think Brit's a good kind of big starter for Soraya to go up against first. Just don't like how they've got here so far. Yeah, yeah. You know, when CM Punk came in, I don't think... Well, I just don't think they, 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 over, they overthought it mm. too much. Like... Because immediately you just think to yourself, it's like, okay, well, we can do Punk versus this person. Mm. Oh, Punk versus Danielson. And, and all the, the people that you want to tick off, and, and that would sound so cool and, and all that. Paige is kind of on his level, where you could just do, like, big super matches with Paige, Soraya, in the pay-per-views. Mm. The problem is, is they just overthought the whole thing, like... She's there because she's the best, and well, there's someone in this company's got to figure out whose house it is. But right? <laughs> that's all I would say. But you know, she's just here. She's the best. It's her house, and she wants to face the best. But had to get into this whole like evolution thing, and it's like, yeah, it just 
it feels it, it's very strange because if she has been cleared, which you would assume after doing physicality today, and yes, the, the assumption is she was, is. Yeah. Just last week, you you do the debut, and then last week, you cut a promo. I am here to wrestle, <laughs> and fuck you, Britt Baker. <laughs> and you're like, all right, awesome, awesome. Like I love Paige. Haven't seen a wrestle for for mm. five years. Let's go. No, but instead she has to. Um, slag off her former employer for mm. never doing anything for women's wrestling, which I thought again has its place, mm. but now is not a good time to be uh, yeah. bringing that up. We go to Roosh with Jose backstage, and there, um, well, Jose's having a word with private party. Where's Andrade? <laughs> yeah, well, Andrade's not there, um, and Jose is mad because he's like, private party, I, I've seen you. You've been hugging Matt Hardy. You've been hanging out with Matt Hardy. And and he's showing all these clips. He's like, look at this time when Roosh came out for the save. Where, where were you? Doing nothing. Look at this time when Roosh came out to, for the save. What were you doing? You weren't doing anything. And I need you to do the right thing. Otherwise, we will take you to court. Because we know Matt Hardy is contract tampering. Yeah. Another... Tony thing he's you know whatever but the truth is if you ever saw me hugging Matt Hardy mm. I would expect you to come and give me the same kind of talk yeah what are you doing hanging out with Matt Hardy yeah pretty much well let's go to the highlight of the show it's national scissoring day people of course we have uh Matt Castor do his rap I'm not as good as picking this all up as Braden, but oh, right. he talks about inner trading, the senators inner trading. Um, we did it on our own because we're homegrown, and Biden said scissor me timbers and didn't even stutter it. I, I missed the rhyming bits, but yeah. It, no, but it was uh, they, they, the 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 uh, once they basically got to Bowens and, and stuff. The yeah, crowd just started. It's almost like these guys don't even need to come up with clever Anything, raps yeah. anymore anyway. It's just because they're an overact, yeah. which is cool. Um, there's big scissor me daddy chants. There's a scissor section in the crowd. And, well, Anthony Bowens welcomes us to the first National Scissoring Day. Um, I need to own the the whole of Billy Gunn's attire here. Um, <laughs> the oh, scissor me daddy shirt. Yeah, number um, one, number one on priority. Yeah. yeah, the black like pajama bottoms with the pink scissors all over them, and the pink sneakers. Okay, uh, looked great. Would I, you wear the shirt the same way, where he kind of like rolls it up? Fuck so yeah, I would. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, looked awesome. Um, they say that they are uh, the best team in the division. They're the tag team champions, and they're the winningest team in AEW history, and they're the best damn homegrown team in. AEW history yeah. um, and the Sizzamy Daddy Ass is the number one t-shirt in 2022 and AEW no longer stands for All Elite Wrestling but acclaimed every Wednesday hear that Tony Khan? Fuck Rampage the acclaims here for Wednesdays only and Anthony Bowens uh, says that he is the Sultan of Scissor and uh, National Scissoring Day was trending, so we may have new people watching today. Um, and they explain what scissoring is. Well, it's a handshake. Mm. It shows teamwork. It shows unity. Not two guys thrown together like Keith Lee and Sneaky Swerve. 
And they say Sneaky Swerve may have you believe that they are the most popular team in the industry, but they're wrong because everyone loves the acclaimed. And this is not Swerve's house. And this is where Billy interrupts and says, this is Daddy Ass's house. And then for some reason does a rock impression. Well, I think it's pretty clear what's 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 happening. But keep keep going. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he does it for the millions and millions of the acclaimed fans. And he says, well, today I went to uh, the Capitol Hall in, in Washington, D.C. And, well, I'm presenting you with something. And it looks like maybe he's giving them the key to the, to the city. But it's a giant gold pair of scissors, mm-hmm. which uh, Bowen starts running around the, no, the ring. Can't, can't do Don't that. run with scissors. No. Max now gets on the mic. He's telling everyone to fucking scissor each other. So the whole crowd are fucking scissoring away. It's beautiful. <laughs> there was a lot of fucking scissoring going on, that's for sure. And then he starts talking about this uh, this place meaning a lot to him because uh, Washington won the Super Bowl at Super Bowl 17. He says, I wasn't alive then, but that meant a lot as my dad was on that team. And his Super Bowl ring is his prized position, possession and he achieved greatness and I did when I won these titles. And this city often represents the ugly side. It represents the division in this country. But we can all agree that everyone loves the acclaimed. <laughs> there's no red and there's no blue. It's pink and we all look good in pink. I agree. And says that they're going to have the first bipartisan scissor to unite this country. And they're all about to scissor when whose house? Page. No, yeah, the other one. Swerve's music hits and comes out to booze. But I thought this was uh, beautiful up to this moment. I I thought this was one of my favourite promos because I could not for the life of me figure out if they were like tweening and they were about to like go heel on the, the Washington football team right. or something, you know, it felt like mm. one of those sets up setups, but then like he gets, but then you're like, Oh shit. No, he's actually being super serious. Mm. Oh shit. Yeah. He's, oh, he's talking about the division in the country and stuff like that. And now we're back to the scissoring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Oh my God. I just went, you know, maybe the edibles kicked in during this, you know, during this, but I went, kind of the this place with this whole thing and just thought it was amazing and fucks were for coming out and ruining it right? yeah that's how you get heat right? i thought i thought it was great and this this team representing like i i mean they definitely flag uh, fly the flag for like the lgbtq community and i think this kind of uh this statement here where it's like okay we're not red blue it's just pink baby yeah, that's like, it. <laughs> i i thought it was beautiful uh i think they're so good you compare this segment to yesterday's NXT uh, State of the Commonwealth, which both segments could have been very similar. Like, it, it's a it's a title, celebration, in-ring, tag team promo with a couple of goofballs doing goofy things. But night and day, this just... Uh, this act is so over. <laughs> it seemed, like like, genuine, like organic... Didn't feel particularly scripted, although it clearly was because there were some great lines in there. Uh, I thought this was awesome. Now, and this is the other thing about like how important it is that they're really the first homegrown like champions. Yeah, and I'll need to make sure of that because I guess maybe like Wardlow is TNT or whatever. But definitely like tag team champions. Mm. 
And I just think it's like super important to not even really care too much about the championship because it's fake. You can yeah. put it on whoever you want mm. sort of thing. Like this is like, they are proper over. They're just ridiculous. We, we, I mean, you've probably seen them a few times just going to the shows, but we, we definitely saw them, uh, at grand slam, um, that pops were so loud. Mm. And even just, I went back and watched that on, on TV. It was loud. We were loud for them. And that you don't, that's hard to do. You don't see shit like that every so often. So good for them. And I think you put the championship on them to kind of mark that as you, you, you finally did it. We didn't just give you this a This was striking the iron when it was hot. Yeah, they yeah. did it at the, exactly the right but, time. But it's not, it's not, oh, we're going to give you the belt. It's like the belt means something in this case, which means that they made, they, they made it and they got there themselves. Yeah. Not some rich guy you know, on a notebook at a Jaguars game said, okay, you can have it. Exactly. So yeah, they earned it. And this was, this is great. I think as well, this, I think going to different cities that they haven't visited much, this act's going to keep hot, you know, because everyone's going to, what was the first thing we did at Grand Slam? All of us didn't discuss, oh, shall we all get Sizzle Me Daddy shirts? We are, oh, there's a merch stand. We all went there. We just bought one. And you see this crowd. They're all in it. They've all got their scissors. They all want a scissor. They want to chant that that chant. You go to Chicago every week, this dies. Like the novelty wears off. Whereas everyone, what do they want to do? You want to sing Judas and you want a scissor. So going to these different markets, you can keep this act hot for a while. As long as they continue to deliver, which I believe they will. Um, But yeah, fuck Swerve. He comes out, uh, he starts insulting Billy Gunn. I think he made a, a, a comment about his like suspensions from WWE and oh, yeah. stuff. Uh, maybe not a good time to talk about suspensions. No, it's not a good time to talk about any bad things. Bad stuff. This should just be like happy wrestling company yes. now. No one's got a problem with anybody. It's all... That's, maybe that's why there were so many handshakes on today's fucking yeah. show. So he says... Uh, he asked the crowd, these are your role models? These are your champions? Well, if it weren't for Billy, we would still be champs. And you might as well put the titles on Billy Gunn. And uh, so Billy then, Swerve then basically challenges Billy Gunn to a match in Toronto, which wasn't on my, like, bingo, bingo card. card no. But fuck it, I'll take it. <laughs> I mean, sure, like, like... <laughs> Billy Gunn versus Swerve Strickland, sure. And... Uh, then Billy says, sorry, Swerve says, Rock beats scissors every day. Who does? The Rock. <laughs> so, so Rock's coming to Toronto. He is technically Canadian and as well. he will actually be uh, doing something with the Black Adam like premiere here or something on the same night as either Dynamite or, or Rampage. He's coming to Rampage? <laughs> They don't advertise. We're getting it. the Rock versus <laughs> Danhausen on Rampage. They don't advertise it either. <laughs> Do you hear what happened last night? What? The, the Rock's on Rampage. <laughs> the movie. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, he's great in that film. Yeah, but no, they would. They would never believe you that it was. Uh... Yeah, uh, but this this segment was great. I, I almost feel because we were joking about all the handshakes on this fucking show. Open with this match. It's National Scissoring Day, and the rule is today everyone has to scissor. After their match. (laughs) 
So you change it and you get conflicted MJF. Like, am I going to scissor Wheeler? Like, why? It's it's there for you. Sure, sure. I mean, that would have made more sense than handshakes, to be honest. <laughs> but it's not over because then Mark Sterling comes out for some reason and says, I've been saying for months that Swerve is a jerk. And then goes, and paper covers rock, pal. And as he's got his contract and puts it over the the rock that <laughs> that Swerve just carries around with him for yeah, some reason. Um, and Sterling says that the acclaimed need him because they can't do it by themselves. And he then says, let's give the people what they want and let's all scissor each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they just beat him up. And it ends with the like split-legged leg drop thing, the scissor me timbers to Sterling, and Billy Gunn accepts the match. Okay. So of all the things, of all the like weird loose ends that this company has, the tying up of the Swerve and uh, Sterling trying to get these signatures. Yeah, Mark Sterling and Swerve storyline. I mean, I didn't think it was necessary, but fine, that's fine. You did it. Okay. <laughs> Where did the elite go? <laughs> By the way, is it, can anyone? Is there any story on that one? Where's yeah? Weren't weren't they the trios champions? Why, why, sure why did they? they yeah, they just why disappeared one yeah. day. Uh, we go to a video package for the Dark Order. This is saying that uh, basically they're going to be facing for the trios championship on uh, Rampage. Rampage. That's so true. Uh, so no, does Ten lose his mask if he loses this match? Is that thread just gone? Is Andrade just gone? We've seen the last of Andrade. No, I don't think he loses his mask. Uh, but I think he should lose his mask. Because that currently... was stipulation for yes, the Andrade was... match, right? But, and, but if Andrade lost, he would leave, leave AW. I think maybe he went to Tony and went, I'm shoot losing, by the way. I'm just going to yeah. shoot on the thing. And Finger just... poker doom. Yeah. <laughs> just going to go down and lie down. <laughs> It's a match where both guys actually want to lose because <laughs> yeah. I think deep down Preston Vance doesn't want to wear this fucking mask oh, anymore. It's Slapjack's mask, and I'm yeah, it time, is. Man. And Andrade doesn't want to be in this company anymore, no. so it could be a double finger, double count out. <gasps> yeah, yeah, it could. Yeah, but instead, no, none of it. So it's going to be Reynolds Silver and Ten taking on uh, That's right. uh, the Triangle. The death, the death triangle, the, the, that's the, the one. The, the, of that should dead, be fun. The triangle of death, yeah. Uh, we see Madison Rain, who's identified as the head of the women's division. <sighs> yeah. Continue. Has this been... A, like, we know that's her role, but has that been acknowledged on TV before? Uh, she was brought in as a coach. Yeah. I uh, don't 100% know if that even that was acknowledged on TV. I don't think so. Um... You know, but then but, I don't watch Rampage or Dark, so. Well, see, I don't watch Dark either. And if we're if they if he's saying you've got to watch Dark for the whole to get the whole thing, I'm I'm out. But what you can do is listen to Shot in the Dark mm-hmm. every Wednesday. John Ceno Evil uh, will run through all Dark Dark Elevation, uh, any kind of wrestling that you may have miss, missed. Level Up, what else there? New Japan Strong, all those shows in 15 minutes or less. Give it a listen. It's free on this very feed. And can tell you all about Madison Rain. Um, so she says she's with Sky Blue here and says she sees a lot of potential in Sky Blue. This is when Anna Jay and Ty Mello interrupt. And they say that uh, Sky Blue doesn't need a wrestling trainer. They need a sports entertainer 
trainer because uh, <laughs> they she needs more charisma and flair. And Sky Blue says, I agree. I could work on my sports entertainment. And then you two could work on your wrestling. Uh, and they challenge each other to a tag match. And then Madison goes, it's going to be entertaining. No. <laughs> I, uh, uh, yeah, again, this is kind of like a why sort of thing. If it was, you know, again, if this was a, I swear, I swear, if this was a trios, mm. like it would make more sense because you have people who don't necessarily aren't, you know, sort of thing. But because of the tag team with like two people in a faction and then two kind of just people hanging out backstage, I don't know, man. Like, I just, I just, these like throwaway things are just yeah funny to me. But uh, Madison Rain doing the doing the daddy magic impersonation, I mean that's that's great shit. <laughs> I think she's my Jay Lethal of the women's division. Just like why. Yeah, I mean, at least he wasn't, as far as we know, was like a press release went out to like say this is our new coach, yeah, Jay Lethal. Like Madison, like I don't know, I don't know. Like I never watched enough Impact, but I just kind of assumed that if somebody she's is, fine, she's retired like five times. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But I also just assumed, and as bad as it sounds, like if you've just been in Impact pretty much the whole time, yeah, then you probably you know. It felt like she got her flowers in that Mae Young Classic when WWE oh, brought okay. her in she for that. Okay. And yeah, but she she's fine. And I mean, the the six woman tag was good today. So she was involved with that. I, I don't know. But I, mean, I, can't, I yeah. can't say I'm too interested in her as a character on TV. No, no. Um, but Sky Blue is one that, I don't know, need to give her more stuff. So sure. if it means like teaming with her, whatever, I don't know. We go to our next match. Roosh taking on Hangman Adam Page, uh, really to just like get Hangman some some big mo before his title match in a couple of weeks. In a couple of weeks, uh, Roosh makes his entrance. He's struggling to get his pants off. They're like the the stripper tear away pants. He's struggling to get them off, and then he's a bit mad. So when he takes his mask off, he just throws it and just bounces off Jose's head yeah. behind him. Pretty funny entrance here. Uh, the match starts, they're trading forearms. Hangman goes for the buckshot, but Roosh just rolls back and does his tranquilo pose. And then Jose's grabbing at the ankle of Hangman, so Roosh runs in and just smacks him in the head. Uh, Roosh then, as Aubrey's uh, distracted about something, uh, Roosh starts whipping him with the, the cables of the cameras and starts strangling him with it. Uh, Hangman comes back with a fallaway slam, a slingshot plancher to the floor, and then catches Roosh midair and hits this big Death, Death Valley driver. Hangman then catches a power bomb and puts it into a jackknife for a three count, sorry, for a two count, um, and then goes for the buckshot again, but it's blocked. Uh, there's a straitjacket pile driver from Roosh, which looked really nasty here, like... Uh, I hope Hangman's okay from this. Yeah, one. I don't know what it is that with, with a lot of these pile drivers that I've seen, but people, the guys taking it, they always like kind of fl- flip out kind yeah. of thing, which I'm like, I think it's much more safer just to be kind of tucked in there and stuff like Regal that. Regal says you should turn your head, doesn't he? <laughs> oh, he keeps saying that on commentary. It's like, it's like that's that, I, that doesn't sound right <laughs> no. to me. Um, we now notice Roosh is bleeding from the nose. 
Uh, Roosh then goes for the Bull's Horns, but eats a Lariat, followed by the Buckshot Lariat for the win for Hangman Page. In Yeah, pretty, uh, pretty entertaining it. match. Yeah, yeah. I, actually, it's quite funny because, you know, going... Not that I finished watching this with a bad taste in my mouth or whatever, but... I do have criticisms of the show, of today's show, mm. and I felt like they're probably a bit louder than what is clearly like a show that's had pretty good wrestling in it, and the next match as well was was pretty good. Yeah, so, there wasn't anything wrong with the no. the wrestling, but it is definitely that, that storytelling. It's everything around it's, the wrestling. It's, I, it's lost that thing where I must watch this show immediately, you know, like it has been. I, I've got to watch this show because I don't want to miss what's happening. It's... Really, if you were to ask me what were the developments of tonight's show, what are we building to right now? Uh, Hangman mocks, I guess. Handshakes as well. A lot more handshakes. Yeah. That's really all I'd get from it. But there wasn't really much direction moving forwards. No, no. Uh, but the wrestling was fine. After the match, Private Party comes out uh, and because they were told to... to yeah beat up hangman and they're like oh do we do it do we do it but mox comes out and kind of scares them off grabs the microphone gets in hangman's face and he says i've been waiting for this for three years three years of watching you and studying you because i knew this was coming three years of us circling each other between us we've beaten everyone there is to beat except for each other and in two weeks at my home arena and he's like yeah literally my home arena I used to smoke and drink under the bridge right outside. In 13 days, there'll be one last man standing in AEW. And I'm going to break your face and choke you until you turn blue. Because you are in the way of, being, of me being the one and only true face of AEW and the world champion. The best in the world. He says, I have all the respect for your abilities, talent and admire you as a person. But when that bell rings, I don't have respect for anything. And Hangman and Mox goes to leave. Hangman says, well, if you've waited this long, where the hell are you going right now? Let's do it. And Mox comes in and says, you're a sweet kid, but like a lot of the kids here, your stupid fucking mouth gets you in trouble. <laughs> I'm assuming that's what he said. Yeah, it, it kind of bleeped it out yeah, here. exactly. Um, so a little bit of a shot at Sammy as well, <laughs> I guess. There. And in 13 days, watch your damn mouth. Yeah, I'm I'm hyped for this. I think it's gonna. I think it's a shame because I think it's Hangman's probably gonna lose. Yeah, but I think it's gonna be a hell of a match. Yeah, so I wasn't really that hyped for this until I saw this promo. Because mm. it's like, oh, Hangman won the Battle Royal, the Geek Battle Royal. It's like, doesn't he always win the Geek Battle mm. Royal or something? But and then like last week, I didn't feel like. I can't even remember anything that was, was happening, but this was a very good, uh, a very good, a, a very good promo to, to build something that's not happening next week, but in two weeks time. Um, so I do wonder what the final push will be next week. Hmm. Seeing like, are they going to be like a tag team against private party? But like, they don't really, <laughs> they don't really do shit like that. No. They, you know, put the, or is it, can they coexist? Yeah, Shit, they, they yeah. haven't really done that much. No. I I liked, what I like here as well is that I, I felt Mox was kind of, um, the stuff saying, I admire you as a as a person, 
it's all this hangman's being caught up in all this punk stuff and mm-hmm. had all this shit said about him and i think having mox kind of be like think you're a good dude mm. still gonna fucking break your face and choke you out but it was kind of like redeeming hangman in a way i felt with this um but no i i am excited for the match i kind of feel if obviously it's going to be in cincinnati which is mox's hometown mm-hmm. but if you built this this feels like a big like anniversary show main event you've got your your first main eventer of AEW of yeah. of hangman You've got Moxley, who's kind of been the franchise. It feels big. It feels like it could be a big pay-per-view match. So I, I hope going forward that they really make this a big deal for that Cincinnati show. I mean, this episode of Dynamite didn't feel like a, an anniversary no, show. No, not at all. Um, it felt like a Rochester show. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think that... I, I, I 100% agree with you. And I think it should have either been they just moved this anniversary... A little later or something, because you're not going to really... Who cares? If it's in the same month, you can call it your yeah. anniversary, Dynamite, right? And they should have maybe, like, had it with something of, of more substance like that. Because they've usually been pretty good with stuff like that. Though all, all the... Like, even the one in the Quake by the Lake or whatever was... Was Moxley Jericho 2, whatever, yeah. for the title and stuff. And, like, and you're like, why is it on a random episode of Dynamite? And it's like, it's not a random episode of Dynamite. It's Quake, Quake by, the, by Lake. the Lake. Yeah. Well, this had the opposite effect, where it had a title, and it there really wasn't there wasn't that much uh, going for this uh, for the show. But super excited about obviously next week uh, for you guys. But yeah, this this uh, Cincinnati show looks pretty good as well. Yeah. Yeah, I'd have, I'd have liked to have seen this match. This would be cool. Um, we go to Willow Nightingale backstage, who says that after that win, she wants a shot at the TBS title. Okay. Which seemed a, a little weird, because no one associated with Jade was in this match. No, that's right. And if anything, only people associated with the overall women's division championship was in, involved yeah. in that match. So she should probably be thinking about going for that one. Yeah. But no. But no, she won't. Well, I guess the other one's just interim. She was uh, the legit TBS title. Yeah, that would probably. Yeah, that would. That would I, yeah, okay. I get, I get you. You'd be like Wardlow. Just be like, oh, I don't want no interim yeah. championship. I want the real shit. <laughs> uh, the baddies then come in, get in her face, and Jade reminds her that I've beaten you twice. And sounds like you want to be 39 and Willow points out, hey, you can't win forever. And what if it's 38 and 1? And I am the one. And we get the graphic. It's happening at Battle of the Belts next week. Great. Do you see Willow this Nightingale <laughs> beating Jade Cargill uh, at midnight next Friday at Battle of the Belts? Uh, <laughs> no. No. I, I can't say that I'll even go out of my way to watch it because it really depends on what kind of uh, what kind of state I'll be in. Mm. Um, well, it's this Friday, isn't it? Anyhow. Yes. Okay. So you said next week before. Sorry. Yes. No, no, no. Um, I have to travel to Atlantic City on, Sat- on Saturday morning. So uh, I don't think I'll be watching it. But I don't think she's got a chance. Uh, and it's not really drawing me to, to watch this. Maybe show. it'll be more of a competitive match for Jade, though, a bit on the longer side. Because they do seem to, over the last couple of weeks, been giving Willow a little bit more. 
they have been giving Will a little bit more, and they've also shown that there's really not much left in the dregs of the women's division for Jade to squash. Mm. Diamante at uh, at Rampage Grand Slam or something. Yeah. Right? No Trina on this show. No Trina on this show. Um, but we got to see her live and in person. No one can take that away from us. Uh, next match, Luchasaurus comes out with Christian Cage to take on the Sacrificial Lamb, Fuego del Sol. Uh, choke slam, choke slam. Luchasaurus wins. Um, yeah, squash. I have nothing to say. No, me neither. After the match, uh, Christian tells Luchasaurus to power bomb uh, Fuego onto the ramp. When Jungle Boy comes out for the save and smacks him with the chair and says, "Look at me!" to Luchasaurus, "You are my best friend in the entire world. Look at me. You are my best friend. And after everything we went through, you went with him." And I'm going to break your nose. I'm going to break your arm. I'm going to break everything. You choose the time and the place and I'll be ready. And Christian says, we're in Washington today uh, and we ain't doing that in this cesspool in front of these losers. So the match will take place in my hometown next week in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And this, yeah, Jungle Boy versus Luchasaurus next week that's correct mm. that is a match that is that is happening yeah i don't know if i'm hyped for it i should be i like both guys but yeah i, I think it's just being uh luchasaurus has just well we we like him because he he's quite charismatic in the ring and he's got a great style and you know and all that sort of stuff he doesn't really do that anymore because he's a he's a heel now yeah so, A, like, he just has squash matches. And B, I don't know if we'll see him do fucking standing shooting star presses and stuff like that. No. I don't know. But, yeah, it could be all right. I mean, those two guys would probably, they know each other very well. So, that's... It's unfortunate for Jungle Boy that this... Right, it's unfortunate for Christian, obviously, as well. But it's... This, this feud was really hot. And I, I felt... I felt All Out was too far away from yes. the match. You know, it, it felt like it peaked a few weeks before All Out and then you had the injury and they obviously want to keep this angle going. They want to eventually get to this Christian Jungle Boy match, but it's just been treading water. So he went back to the Luchasaurus thing. It should be a big deal. Like they were tag champions together. Uh, I think the match could be good as well, but it's, is this all Jungle Boy is going to do it's for the next happen. six months well, until Christian's it. back? Like six to eight months. Yeah. Like tricep tear, tear yeah. or something. It's like, this has to be it next week. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know how, I don't mean, I, I don't really think about it that much, but I don't know how they're going to get out of it. But, you know, but Jungle Boy, I imagine he's going to win and thus he's beaten Christian. Yeah. I think they want Christian on this, on this Toronto show. 100%. So you can't have him wrestle. So have him there with Luchasaurus, do the match. And then Christian can go and rehab, like be off TV for a while. Jungle Boy can move on to something else, having got this win over Luchasaurus. And then when Christian's ready, you can go back to the feud, I guess. I guess. Yeah. Um, we get a video package for Pack versus Trent, which is happening uh, on Rampage. I'm surprised they didn't. I figured they were going to announce Ethan Page versus Pack for next week. But I Still guess you've got to get this trent match out the way first you gotta get the trent match out of the way first 
And I'm trying to figure out the rules. So they'll, they'll announce like the couple of big shows for the big matches, sorry, for next week's Dynamite, mm. as they've done. They generally don't do any Rampage stuff. Mm. And because they, they, they're trying to promote like what's, what's coming up. Next. Like, yeah, what's on the next show? And it's, a, it's two shows. It's not just one Rampage or whatever. So I just felt like they were trying to focus on that. Yeah. And haven't really... It's going to be day of stuff. You yeah. know, it's kind of like today with the... I think, and I'm pretty sure, was it today? Today or yesterday morning with uh, with Wardlow and... Yeah, yeah, it was maybe yesterday at the earliest. Yeah. yeah. And and so, like, I don't think they're going to do it again. Even though it's a even though it's a rampage that could really help getting tickets sold, mm. like I don't think Tony's going to change his strategy. So you might still definitely I, get it. Does he care about tickets? Really? Like, is it just TV he's worried about? Well, I yes, but I suppose you're, yeah. But I mean, that's a that Coca Cola Coliseum is like, and should I haven't looked up the latest numbers, but what? It's it's six thousand capacity or so. Yes, and six or seven. Yeah, there's still loads of tickets left for rampage. Yeah, yeah, for rampage. So it's like, I don't know, man. Like that could be bad if if it your television product if it's leaking through into your television. Yeah, product. but I agree that you know it's probably not financially what he cares too much about, mm. unless it's. One million dollar gate. <laughs> One million dollar gate. Thanks for coming to Dynamite. Ah. Well, let's go to our main event. It's Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara from the Jericho Appreciation Society taking on Daniel Garcia and Brian Danielson. And wouldn't you know it, the match starts and Jericho offers a handshake to Garcia. And I think he did shake his hand. Now, at least... This is between two Ring of Honor champions. champions. Yes. So at least we can go, okay, it makes sense. But for the third straight week in a row, the Ring of Honor champion has has headlined AW Dynamite, haven't they? That's right. Uh, And will next week. Uh, Sorry, yeah, sorry. Next Next week will be the the third third one. Um, There are these gator rolls from Garcia to Jericho. Uh, Yeah, I was actually surprised they started with these two. I thought they'd build up to the moment where Garcia and Jericho square off, but they they started the match with these two. Um, And Garcia gets on the back of Jericho and smacks his head kind of patronizingly and then flicks the dirt at him, kicking up his shoes. Uh, Jericho answers with a chop, Garcia with one of his own, and then Danielson comes in with his tope suicida to Jericho on the outside. Uh, Guevara hits a top rope Spanish fly f- to Danielson for a two. And now uh, Sammy and Jericho do their old La Sex Gods pose in the ring. Uh, this is where we get Fuck You Sammy chants, which were pretty audible on TV. Uh, Danielson and Jericho are going back at it. And Sammy jumps off the top rope to try and get involved, but just gets punched in the face. Garcia is now stomping down on Jericho in the corner and hits this big PK. Goes for a second PK, but Jericho catches it and goes for the walls. But Garcia counters it into the Dragon Tamer, the sharpshooter, Scorpion Deathlock, whatever you want to call it. Uh, then Sammy super kicks Garcia to break it up. Hits a corkscrew plancher to the outside to take out Danielson. Uh, back at it with Jericho and Garcia chops back and forth. There's the lion salt from Jericho, but Garcia gets the knees up. And then Sammy leaps off the top. And gets caught into a crossface from 
uh, from Garcia here. Danielson takes Jericho down with his LaBelle lock. And then both Garcia and Danielson start doing the hammer and anvil elbows. Uh, they go for a double avalanche back suplex to Sammy, but Sammy flips over, landing on his feet, and hits a one-man Spanish fly to Brian. And now uh, there's this pop-up kick to the spine of uh, Garcia from Guevara, and then goes for the GTH, but Garcia lands on his feet. There's then a sit-out pile driver from Garcia. Brian jumps off the apron with the knee to Jericho to take him out. Now they're brawling on the outside. And Jericho catches Danielson, slamming him on the table. I am the table. Didn't quite break. So he picks him right up and hits a vertical suplex through the table. Uh, Sammy then hits a crazy looking GTH to like the side of the head of Garcia. I his head off. Oh man, this looked brutal. We always say this about this move, but this one especially. Wow, and, and when you know like one of the last people to take that move was from Tay, not from Sammy, you know, broke her nose yep. and just had to get surgery to fix something. That always is in your mind sometimes. Yep. You're, similar to like um, the the Kenta's GTS. Yes. Like it always looks like he's going to... Is it Brian Kendrick he broke his nose? Yeah. He broke his orbital bone. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And so stuff like that. Uh, Garcia continues to punch down on the face of, uh, of Sammy. Uh, sorry, Sammy's beating down on Garcia. Goes to the top, goes to the shooting star press, but Garcia gets the knees up and then applies the Dragon Slayer to Sammy. And as they're getting to the ropes, Jericho clocks Garcia with the Ring of Honor title belt, allowing Sammy to pin Garcia. So JAS stand tall and the whole JAS come out to appreciate them. Yeah, the JAS. Did you mention at the start, like, uh, he, um, Daniel Garcia like came out to his own music and oh and yes Tron and stuff like that. No Matt Martell intro and yeah, all that. Yeah. yeah. So it was kind of like it was kind of funny because I I guess I figured it's just funny how Sammy how Sammy beats Sammy pins uh, um, Danny Garcia because it's just like they're both in the same faction and stuff. Like it's like they're gonna do this and and. You know, it'll be interesting to see where, where things go with it. But yeah, um, kind of left. It was kind of a bit of a downer. Yeah. I, I For these guys who don't have a, a rampage afterwards, to, I'm sure there'll be a dark match or Tony Khan will come cheer them up and stuff like that. Yeah. But it was kind of like a, ah. Uh. Yeah, I, I found this, I mentioned it last week, this split of Garcia from the JS seemed, it'd been brewing for a while, but it didn't feel like it had that big like moment where he rips the shirt off to show a BCC shirt or it's like, no, fuck you Jericho or anything like that. It seemed a little anticlimactic. And I kind of felt the match, as I said, just starting with Jericho and Garcia. It's like, okay, all right. He has left. He has left the group. Has he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, I mean, he got clocked in the head with the title. 100%. But I, I thought you could have built this up a bit more with, is he or isn't he? with yeah. them and build to that moment when Jericho and Garcia face off and oh is Garcia gonna fight him here so and I, yes they do I expected it to be a is he or isn't he thing. yeah but and I think my brain just kind of got it in there that am I, is he is he in or is he out and the way you've just explained it to me is like no dude did you see he, what happened he left yeah he's gone like they fucking murdered him at the end of this thing yeah 
Like they put a hit on him and they took him out and he didn't have the music, he didn't have the thing. And I'm hmm. like, huh. It felt like it definitely should have had a, a bigger moment yeah. when he left this group. Instead, he got a bucket hat that he didn't like and was like, ah, oh, I'm just going to wrestle with Brian. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I think we both sounded really negative on this show. I thought the wrestling was fine, but it does just feel a little directionless, this company at the moment. And definitely with all the suspensions and fights and all that, it's, it's, it's frustrating because I, I love this show. I have loved this show and I, I want it to do well and I want it to be better. And it can be better. And even with the roster they've got right now, it should be better. Absolutely. Even with your your Adam Coles and your Omegas and your Young Bucks and your Punks out. Uh, I think I you've lying. still got stars there. Like, go back to, let, let's rewatch first episode. Let's rewatch the whole thing. Because they, they arguably have way more talent. Well, obviously they have way more talent. But, like... The breadth of, of talented people that they have now. Their, their mid-card and low-card are like way above yeah. their mid-card back then. When you think, no offense, but Sean Spears was in like top It'll matches um, to start with. Yeah. Your mid-card was your Peter Avalons and your Labour Bates and that kind of thing. The talent has improved fast. 100%. But that's my point. That it was still a show that felt like it had direction mm. back then. And it's, you know, I, I'm confident that, uh, look, I'm confident that it'll, it'll come back, but I do think that it's important to, to voice things when, when you don't like them instead of, I don't know, just trying to come up with reasons that it's still good. It's still good. You know, when mm. Homer's watching the pig fly through there, mm. <laughs> it's still good. Just got a little flames on it. It's still good. You know, and I, but I think it's important to, to kind of voice these things in, in hope that, you know, you want your wrestling company to listen to you. This is one of the biggest frustrations we have with WWE is they never listen. And Tony Khan does seem to look at the criticisms. He definitely looks at it. We know that because he re replies to them on Twitter, <laughs> right? But whether he actually puts any of it into action or whether he just like, flat out would disagree with somebody as we've sort of seen him do it like press conferences and stuff when they're just like oh da 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 and he's like I don't agree with that at all I, I've got so much money fucking bullshit <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and take this shit anymore uh, yeah so I don't know where I was going with it it's just I, I do love this show you know don't get me wrong I flew all the way half around the world to go to Grand Slam yeah you know um, but you know we got to tidy up the yeah. We got to tidy up the house now, yeah. and just get that Ring of Honor deal done so Ring of Honor can just go somewhere Fuck else because there was too much. Should be another show. That there we was don't too watch. much this week. I get like you would. I said to you as we're watching it, shouldn't the AEW anniversary show be maybe headlined with the not maybe a championship match, but with the AEW champion, not with the the champion of another promotion? Maybe. Yeah, seems a bit odd. Well, that in itself is also kind of directionless. And, you know, yeah. just take and nothing to do with AEW, but it's like, what are we doing with this Ring of Honor thing? Just give it to Freddie Prince Jr. Like, just you know. give it to Freddie Prince Jr. I mean, his wife, still a babe. So, <laughs> anyway. All right. All right. Well, that's our thoughts from these two Moaning Myrtles this week, but... We will not be doing a BD Elite next Wednesday because we will be at Dynamite, followed by the Sneaky D's AEW Dynamite After Party. 
Even if you don't have tickets to the show, come and join us at Sneaks from 11. They do honestly have the best nachos in town. We aren't just saying that. We're not paid by them or anything. We've been saying that for years. Um, and you can attest to that now. Absolutely, 100% agree. Yes. Um, it'll be fun. Wrestling karaoke, wrestling themed drinks, good food, prizes, giveaways, all of that. Come hang out. Uh, we'll be doing a BD Elite, giving our account, uh, our live experience on the Thursday uh, during the day. So look out for that. Uh, possibly won't be going live for that one. But if we do, you can follow us on the socials at Up Next Podcast and the Facebook Up Next group. Go follow it if you haven't already. Uh, we'll be back to business as usual with NXT Up Next next Tuesday. Uh, but that's it for us tonight. We did have an overrun today, so we don't want to go too long. But you can find me at Twitter and Instagram at Davey Portman. And you can find me at uh, Dickie Bird Media on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, my my trip has almost come to an end, so there probably won't be too many more shenanigans that will be posted on on those channels. But are we getting up to shenanigans now? Oh, my legs! Oh, my <laughs> legs! My legs! <laughs> Well, follow me on the socials to see if uh, Davey and I got up to any shenanigans after the show. So there you go. All right. There you go. That's it. That's all. Take care, my lovelies. Happy scissoring day. Go scissor the next person you see. For us, for everyone. Wear pink. Good night. Ahoy! Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-on bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIO, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio. one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIO. Hey there, BreezeLine has a holiday gift just for you. One month of free internet for all your family's gift sites, book flights, and movie nights. Get reliable, fast internet with speeds starting at 100 megabits per second for just $19.99 a month. Plus, free Wi-Fi your way home for the first 12 months. And your first month is free. BreezeLine wishes you all a happy and bright holiday season. If only they could give you a little holiday relief from all the matching family outfits. Service subject to availability. New residential customers in select areas only. Visit BreezeLine.com for complete offer details.